This is Work of the Beat. It is Thursday, July 8, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Happy after 4th of July. We're back after a few weeks of vacations and calming down and uh, everything, you know, just enjoying a little bit of summer and a little bit of R&R as uh, we've hit the slow time of the year. Turns out it... Turns out it hasn't been as slow as you would think, and we'll touch on that. We'll touch on Danny Green's comment, um, which I, is one of those things. I, I joked today on Twitter that we're going to get in the, the dumbass moments, I think, and dumbass comments and dumbass decisions that have taken place. And those who have listened to this podcast know I do not curse easily, but this is a this was not a uh, great time and stretch for a lot of people and uh, we're going to touch on a lot of that today uh mr kern how are you how was vacation vacation with myrtle beach is always a good idea it is um and you don't curse as much as me so just remember that and i'm not even sure dumbass is a real curse but you know what i mean it's not it's well what, right. I, I mean i i gotta tell you and look danny green is just doing what players do yeah they're protecting their teammates. So I don't have a big problem with why he did it. He, 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 athletes say stuff like that all the time. You just say, well, that it's, I had a, a, a little bit bigger of a problem with what Daryl Morey did with Joe DeCamera. And Joe DeCamera, like, you know, when he kind of called Philadelphia out, or Keith Pompey out, I guess, wow. for yeah. saying, hey, the process was a failure. When Elton Brand said it last year, but yeah. – the, the whatever you think of the process, I mean, I have my thoughts. You have your thoughts. I think it accomplished what it was. In t- it was never intended to win a championship, right? If it won a championship, that's fine. So it just took too long. Mm-hmm. It took too long, and they made some bad draft decisions that that probably hindered it. Uh, but like, well, what is my, 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 What is Daryl? I respect Daryl Moore. He's been. He's known as a wheeler dealer. He's playing. His teams have played in what one Western Conference final? Now three. I understand Golden three. State was real good three. for five of those years. Three. I I understand that. He played in how many? I think three. I only remember the one that they lost. Okay, if you say three, I'll. I'll I'm I'm going two or three, but go ahead. Okay, and they didn't win any of them. So yeah, okay, no. he, he. I mean, then look, there's a lot of good GMs and coaches who haven't won championships. Doesn't mean you're not a good GM or a good coach. But he's been here for five minutes, pretty much. Who is he like to say to Philadelphia, how Philadelphians should feel about what they went through for four years well, and where they are now, which isn't as good a place as we thought let, we were in? Let me let me then let me introduce uh, the rest of the show uh, be, before we get into this, because this is the main topic. It's obviously the, uh, a fallout of Danny Green, a little bit of the Daryl Morey, and then obviously tying into we'll get into the Phillies a little bit but while we were away they're all you got Kevin right while they think about that hold on while they were away uh, while we were away uh Reese Hoskins put his foot in his mouth and Reese Hoskins is a smart guy and Reese Hoskins put his foot in his mouth and we'll play that clip as well and then I want to wrap up with the IOC and the whole situation with the Tokyo Olympics and we'll explain that later on but let's get to Danny Green goes back to for a hundred years, Chicago Cub fans were viewed as these great fans because mm-hmm. their team never won. And they, and they, yeah, and, and yeah, in the real world, a fan should be a fan. He should be behind his team, come thick or thin. 
uh, and Jimmy Rollins kind of called that out. And I think Jimmy was – I think that that's not going to happen. In a, in a perfect world, as we've seen, that's why the Phillies had sellouts for six straight years and now can't get 20,000 people. It's They support winners. You support winners. That's what fans do. And Jimmy They're didn't fans. say that until Jimmy had credibility with an MVP award and all that right. too. And, and I understand that you, like, I'm a, look, I'm a Philadelphia fan. I'm not going to turn my back on the Phillies or the Sixers, but it doesn't mean that when I think they stink or that's too strong a word. in this. When case, you think that they're, when there's reason they piss you off, you could say that they piss you off. I mean, look, we're three years into, look, they can make the playoffs this year. I don't know that. They're four games out. Who the hell knows what they do at the trade deadline? Or maybe they don't. Maybe they win 78 games. I don't know. But if if, if you're third year, your third year into Bryce Harper, you have Joe Girardi, who we were probably expecting to be. We're seeing that Joe Girardi and Gabe Kapler and Pete McCannon had nothing to work or No, didn't have nothing to work with. Had not enough to work with. Yeah. The Phillies have talent on this team, but it's kind of, as you said today on the morning show with John Johnson, it's kind of not pieced together right somehow. No. Let There's me something wrong. Let me um let me get to the Danny Green quote before we get into anything else. This is Danny Green talking to our buddy John Clark. This is the full clip that's raising all the ruckus today. And it's about two minutes long, Mike, so I'm gonna warn you. Um this is Danny Green talking about the fans and the reaction can't that you just click can't you just cliff notes version it? Well, it, it's easier to hear from the horse's mouth. So here we go. Danny Green. Place I'm from here, and Philly is rough. Uh, yeah. And I got a sense when he was at the free throw line in the series that the arena had his back for a while, and then he got this groan or an uncomfortable feeling. Do you think the crowd and Philly can have an effect on somebody like Ben Simmons in those moments? For sure, it has an effect on everybody, and I think that's something that needs to change in the city. You know, I love our fans, but you know, you know, when things aren't going well. They can turn on you. Um, that's the one thing that I, I would disagree with or, or dislike. But, you know, some guys use it as motivation. Some guys have a chip on their shoulder. But, you know, they, I think that needs to change somewhat. They need to be riding with us regardless of how things are going. You know, we're number one team that he's still playing well. And in some games, they'll, they'll boo us. You know, but that's part of the, the culture here. Um, and that's a part of part of their way of showing they love us. But um, so with a guy like Ben and other guys, I, I think they need to stick behind him and stick by him as long as they can. Until he said, until the horn blows. But even then, you know, he's here. He's, he's given so much to this organization, to the city, um, on and off the court, that, that he deserves that respect and that, that support. So um, I hope that that thing, that worm turns for him and for the city of Philly to where they don't have that mantra as fans of being cold, rough, and, and one of the, you know, the worst in the league. Because we had a great time this year. We had a great outing. And when they came back and allowed fans back into the building, it was amazing energy that we needed and I loved. So um, I hope that changes for him, and I hope that changes for the city. I mean, one, Danny, you hear, you know, Mike mentioned that Daryl Morey's been here five minutes. Danny's been here four at this point. So so lay off. And that doesn't mean, Kevin, you can't say things because no. you've only been here for a year. I don't mean it that way. No, but the idea of, well, Ben Simmons – has done so many good things for the city, and Ben Simmons has done so many good things with you know, for this organization. With all due respect, what has Ben Simmons done? They haven't well, won, won Jack. Well, he is a three-time All-Star. Now, you can poo-poo it. I'm just telling you. The guy finished second in the All-Defensive uh, voting, so I'm not going to sit here and say he's not what we want him to be offensively, but 
that's not chopped liver. That's more than Bryce Harper's done in three years. Okay, but this idea of he's done so much good for the city. Well, uh, he's not yeah. Tobias Harris going down in the community or Matisse Thibel. He he runs out of here at the first drop of a hat, you know, and he is a clear person who has been told time and time and time again, you have to fix this flaw. You have to fix your shooting thing. We've talked about it on this program for three years, and he hasn't done it. And for Danny Green to sit here and expect fans who have been more supportive uh, uh, than I think normally they would have been. I mean, even with the free throw stuff, Ben Simmons didn't get really a lot of heat until game seven. Okay? You know, it just galls me. It's just like... You 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 understand where you are. This isn't Toronto. This isn't Oklahoma City. This is a major metropolitan city in the Northeast that treats sports a certain way, and they ain't changing. So just understand you're not changing. Well, yeah. Dan, the problem I have with what Danny's saying is he's making it sound like when Ben went to the line and let's say the game he was 4 for 14. So let's say he was 2 for 7 at some point. And he goes to the line. Were fans booing? No, no fans, there was there was a cheer. Make the free. Yeah, right. So it wasn't like fans were. I didn't hear people during games booing Ben Simmons or anything. Now maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm late to the party. But after the game, you sit there and you look at the numbers, and he took zero shots in the fourth quarter of the last four games, and you're like, okay. Now if Ben's role was not to shoot. You know, Doc defended him. Doc defended him. Um, you know, and that's okay. So the the first game of what was the first game? I think maybe the first series. Yeah. When he went, he had 15 assists and 15 rebounds. Yeah. Game one. He, game one against he, the Wizards. And he was quick to point that out. And after they lost Game Seven to the Hawks, when he should have kept his mouth shut, and he said, "I played badly." And then the next words out of his mouth, or the next question, was, "Well." You know, uh, Trey Young had a bad game, insinuating that he was the reason that Trey Young might have had the bad game, and he had, I think, 11 assists. Well, that's your job. You're the point guard. You're supposed, you know, jo- Joel Embiid doesn't score 30 points and then sit up there at the podium and said, well, I scored 30 points. You know, I mean, Ben is Ben. This, this is, it, it's, it's, but for Dan, I didn't hear anybody, like if Ben touched the ball and they knew he was, I didn't hear anybody during games. They were cheering for Ben, weren't they? I thought I, so. Did I miss it? I mean, did, did they turn a little bit in Game 7 after the dunk that got turned off? Yeah, but Jesus, God, you just saw a but season did, go did up in flames. Hear, but, Kevin, I'm, I'm being serious now. Did you hear even after the dunk play? There was a groan. Like, there, was some, there were some groans. There was some There was some booing, obviously, at the end. Uh, and, he had a, and he had another portion that, that I don't want to play because it would take forever. That he but talked he, about that we have fouled, to be treated like he, when well that's right he passed the ball he didn't he didn't no now, hey look it is what it is you know he, I'm sorry you're 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 the second best player supposedly on this team you're an all star paid that way all star you are supposed to somehow look at the point guards in this league Kyle Lowry Chris Paul uh, go on and on and on and on the guy from Milwaukee drew out it I mean you're a leader you are inherently a leader. How can your leader in the fourth quarter not touch the basketball? 
because you're afraid of him touching the basketball. Well, that's and, that's weird. And, and I would ask this question to Danny Green. And, I, and I'm saying this in all seriousness. And some people thought I was being a little too flip when I said it today on Twitter. Um, is Danny Green going to lecture Joel, Joel Embiid about his reaction to Ben Simmons? Because if you saw that play, there's been isolated, and you've heard the comments since yeah. Game 7. The most critical person of Ben Simmons, perhaps in Philadelphia at least, body language-wise, and with some of the comments that were made in that post-game press conference, was the franchise player. Mm-hmm. And the franchise player, Rich Hoffman said this on Missinelli's show on, on, on Wednesday, and he's dead right. Rich said, Joel Embiid has done a ton to compliment Ben Simmons' game, okay? He has altered his style. He has gotten in better shape. He's made the commitment. He's done a lot of things to work with Ben Simmons' game. Ben Simmons hasn't done jack squat to compliment Joel Embiid. Kevin, I told you two years ago when those videos came out of him shooting whatever in the L.A. Summer League or whatever the hell he was doing, and I said to you, it doesn't matter. It no. does not matter. And I don't care if Ben Simmons ever shoots a three in his life. And I mean that. I, I mean, I wish you, you know, if I mean he's got a wide open three, whatever. Learn to take foul but shots. He, But even the, the foul shots, yes, that's something he can work on. But in the offense, there has to be the threat of him taking an eight-footer. There has to be the threat. He has no offensive game, Kevin. No. When, even when he goes to the basket, it looks awkward. And the reason it looks awkward is because he doesn't want to get fouled. And if you can score 40 points on Rudy Gobert because you're trying to prove a point, well, then you should be able to score 18 or 20 on a fairly regular basis when you're six foot 10. And most of the time, the guy guarding you is six foot five or six six or whatever it is. And in, in the, the, you know, I've heard for years. Anthony Gargano used to say this all the time. They're built for 16. They're bu- No, they're not. They're not built for 16. No, they're built, they're for, built 82. for 82. They're, they're a harder team mm-hmm. to play in the regular season when you're not seeing them six or seven straight games. And when they can get when, out on the run. When, and they- when teams see them and they come up with a strategy, and this is what we're going to do, we've seen it too many times now. And forced them into the half Boston court. four years ago. We saw that. Look, Toronto went. Hey, look, it went down to a Kawhi Leonard shot that bounced four times. So I'm not going to sit there. The bubble, I throw out. Throw out the bubble. Simmons was hurt, but we saw it against a team. Now the Hawks, that they, you can't. And I'll give all the Hawks all the credit in the world uh, because they, they, they took it. But you can't lose three home games when you've worked all year to get the home court advantage, and then in the last game, you play scared and your coach. Coach, they coach not to lose. They they coach like they were afraid of losing, which once again, Doc Rivers has lost a lot of those kind of games. Yep. Not saying Doc Rivers can't coach. I don't mean that. I think what they did in the regular season, he obviously had an effect. They finished with the best record in the conference. I hate to break it to people. They ain't finishing with the best record in the conference next year. Now they can finish they six. Go further. Oh, but they can finish six as easily. Well, let 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 let's be a little real. They they'll probably finish like third. You know the the Nets. Oh, yeah. The Nets ain't if they look. The Nets almost won the title with with Kyrie out and Harden playing seventy five percent. And if his big toe doesn't hit that line, they win that series and and they would have beat the Hawks and they'd be in the finals. But right but Mike, think of this, okay? The Nets are going to be healthier. We imagine, okay? Milwaukee mm-hmm. is not going anywhere. Atla- right. Atlanta is not going anywhere. 
Well, look, look, they, they, they're a little bit like the Mar- Miami Marlins. Let, let, let's, let's see them do it again. Okay. You know, they had a but great obviously run. a factor. A great little player, but they're a factor in the conversation at this point. They're in the conversation, but I think the other team is probably in the conversation is Miami. And I was just going to say Miami can go get players and perhaps Boston. Perhaps and I don't think maybe they got two really good players, but they got to show me first. Um, but yeah, Boston could be sure. I mean, I'm not saying, but all I'm saying is this was their opening. They had the opening mm-hmm. to get to the finals. I'm not saying they, they necessarily would have beat the Suns. I don't mean it that way, but this was their year and they blew it. They blew it big time. Any way you look at it. And maybe they wouldn't have beat the Bucs if they played the Bucs. I don't know. Maybe they would have lost to the Bucs. But they should have been in the Eastern Conference Final, and everybody would have accepted that. They might not have liked it if they lost to the Bucs, but they would have said, okay, you, you Progress. You got over the hump. Now, yeah. And now the season was a waste. I don't care what Doc says. Doc can say anything he wants. It was a wasted season. And the Nets... Yeah, I mean, look, Dick Girardi brought up a great point on the show we do on Saturday mornings from Parks, that people in Philadelphia think it's all about the Sixers. They don't think any of these other teams are involved. Like, they'll sit there and go, well, look at the process. Look at what we, Well, look at what the Nets got. Yeah. You know, look at what Miami went to the finals last year in the bubble. Look um, at Phoenix. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto won a title two years look ago. Look at Phoenix. Phoenix has had 10 straight losing seasons. First time in the playoffs, they've gotten to the finals in the tougher West, Western Conference. But again, they took the opening, Kevin. LeBron and AD. Look, let's be honest. If LeBron and AD don't get hurt, mm-hmm. there's a really good chance the Lakers are playing right now. Or if Kawhi doesn't get hurt, there's a decent chance that the Clippers would be playing right yeah. now. But, okay, I give the Suns credit. They went and beat Utah. Okay, and they took advantage of the situation, and they're probably going to win the title. They might not, but they're probably going to win the title. You these windows are when you Toronto two years ago took advantage of the opening. Golden State gets hurt, you know they got, and and this to me, I I don't see the Sixers with this group winning the championship. No. I, I could be wrong. The group might change. But this group right now, as it's constituted, I don't see them winning. The, I don't see them getting to the finals. No. All right, so that's the Sixers story from from this end. Obviously, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get into the draft. Let and, me ask you a question before yeah. you move on. If you were a fan of the Sixers, and I think Danny Green's a good guy. He's won rings. Hey, he you know he has a right to talk. He whatever. He's been different places. If you're a fan of the Sixers, not me and you. You're a fan. You're the guy who's out there and spends his money. Mm-hmm. You, you were invested in this. You were all in. You mean, you mean by the way, you mean by the way, the, the people that filled that building every night after. That's the right. Game. Yeah. And you hear the, this. What are you? Forget what you and I think. What you and I think doesn't really matter in the overall scheme of life. Mm-hmm. What do you think the twenty me feel good, Mike. people were there think? What would you know? What do you think they think? I are got taken. I, I I'm being. I'm showing out 150 dollars ticket. I'm getting lecture what I can do at a ball. But even if you're not showing out the 150, let's say you're just the guy sitting in front of your TV, watching on Comcast or, well, you, I, I, or whatever I, the hell. And it look, is. I've heard from people in the past who said the Philadelphia fans are a bit too sensitive, and there are times that you know we do dish it out and we can't take it. Sure, but there's also a time and place, and and I said this on Twitter before, and uh, our buddy Jim DiLorenzo. Uh, favorite it, so I guess he liked the comment. 
As somebody who's done PR or who has a degree in public relations and communications, I think any athlete who uses the following term, I, we, I love our fans, but yeah. is asking for trouble. Yeah, but that is the relationship, Kevin. It I is. mean, let's face it. When the Phillies win, they love the Phillies. If the Phillies lose their next five games, they're going to be ripping the hell out of them. You know, they're going to be ripping Reese. They're going to be ripping Bone. They're gonna, whatever. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Philadelphia. No. Uh, I know you could say it's a 995 Northeast Carter thing. Oh, it is. You know, Boston, New York, Philly. Um, no, but I'm sure don't, don't, Chicago, throw, don't throw D.C. in that. Don't, throw, that. don't throw D.C. in that. D.C.'s not the no, same. I'm not throwing D.C. in, but I'm saying Chicago, I don't think L.A.'s necessarily like that. I think it's a no. different vibe out there. I could be wrong. I think Chicago with certain teams it is, but I think with other teams it's not. You don't think Cowboy fans get on the Cowboys when they come up short all the time? Uh, I think Cowboy fans shrink away a little more. Okay, well, that's, um, you know, hey, look. They're, disgruntled, they're built, disgruntled and they're loud, but then they back away. Philadelphia isn't built for everybody. New no. York isn't built for everybody. We've seen plenty of athletes who have went to New York and shriveled up like a turtle. Okay, we've seen people go to Boston and do the same thing. And the reason is you have you don't have three reporters in the locker room. You have fifteen or twenty. Yeah. And you have talk you have talk radio mm-hmm. and they're asking questions. You and what they do overreact. Right. But that's why. You know, if, if when guys play in Phoenix, hey, what was the goalie that the Flyers had, right? He played in Phoenix, three writers showed up. He was great, right? He comes to Philly and all of a sudden there are twenty guys in there and he goes, I can't take this. And well, he was gone. And you mentioned you mentioned with Gargano today, and I was in the car and I heard part of this uh, about how you know the culture and and sometimes you know at some point you may have to examine because whether it's fair or not, it's the reality, and and players will not come here if they think it's too tough. Um, oh, they will if you pay them enough, and that and that's the bottom line. I mean, sure it is. You know, I mean, I'm not sure what Bryce Harper expected. Look. Nobody's really attacked Bryce. And, I mean, and by the way, Bryce hasn't bitched at all. So let's... No, 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 no. And look, is is Bryce, was he worth $330 million? Look, who, who's, who the hell knows? But he, he was important for the Phillies to get. He's the least of their problems. Okay, I mean, he's a, he, he is what he is. He's a really good player. He He's not the player that he was probably five or six or seven years ago when he won the MVP. But he's still a really, he's an all-star type player. And, and he could be for the next five or six years. But... But, but like, Bryce came here probably knowing eh, it wasn't going to be easy maybe. But you, you give him the most it, – it is what it is what it is. If you're going to play in tough towns with tough media – Better expect it. But the flip side of that is when they love you, they love you. I mean, like Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, and Ryan Howard, and even Cole Hamels, and Tooch, Tooch. I mean, there's five guys on that team that will be forever beloved. And I still think um, that Brett, the guy that went the guy that went to Washington because they they offered worth. him 130 million. Worth. I still I still liked him. I never hated him. Well, I know Philly fans turned on I, him, but you hey, know, somebody I, offered him 130 million dollars. And, and Mike, I think I think you also you want to throw Brad Lidge in. You want to throw Victorino oh, in. Sure. All of them. Oh, I Brad mean, Lidge. Brad Lidge. I said this when they won the World Series, and I was right. I didn't care if he ever did another thing for the Phillies in his life, which right. he really did. He went 49 and 0 or 48 and 0 or whatever the hell his number 47 was. for 47. Yeah. You know what? He can retire. 48 for 48. Just yeah. walk away. Just go ahead. You are my hero for life, Brad. 
Uh, it, it, it's just like the guys we remember from the 80 team. Yeah. I still remember Marty Bystrom throwing one under George Brett's chin, right? No, it was Dickie Knowles. Dickie Knowles. Great, great. I mean, the series turned on that one mm-hmm. pitch under somebody's chin. And I, I didn't want to see George Brett get hurt. I love George Brett. He was a great player. But we love that team. Right. I mean, we love that team. And and this is a good segue to... <laughs> and Larry I, Bro. Wait a minute. Larry Bo ripped, remember, a week before they won the, the division. Yeah, he ripped Larry Dallas Bo Green. ripped the thing. You might have been young. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, Kevin. I heard it. I've heard they, of it. They lost a tough game at home, I think, to the Cubbies. And the Cubbies weren't good. And the fans weren't happy because, you know, they've been to all these playoffs and hadn't gotten it to whatever. Larry Boa ripped into the fans. I'll never forget it. Three weeks later, Larry Boa was a hero. Mm-hmm. And and that's the way it should be. Let you me, know? Let me, uh, let me transition to point number two. And, look, I, I, I'll start this segment or start this portion of it. Hold on for a second. I got to take a drink. There. Um, I'll start this portion by saying that I think Reese Hoskins is one of the smartest people I've come across. Mm-hmm. I think he is a very nice guy. I think anybody who's run into him would say that. And he's on a 40 home run, 100 RBI pace. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would say, I would say also that Reese Hoskins, uh, a, a, a genuine nice guy and a smart guy who I think gets it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but while we were away, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, on a Saturday, he he played a role in a bad loss to the Mets. And it, it, it brought up a... I want to use this clip and then get into a segment kind of talking about the same thing, but in a different way. And this is uh, Reese Hoskins talking about the media and trying to set the storyline after his error cost the Phillies a game where they had Jacob DeGrom on the ropes. I got to catch the ball. I got to make the play. Um, I really believe that if if we get that out to, to start the night, that we win that game, we got a chance to to win the biggest series of the year um, tomorrow, right, with with our, maybe our best guy this year um, on the mound. Um I'm sure you're going to write about that. I'm sure you're going to write about the defense. Um, yeah, the last couple of nights we haven't made a couple of plays that we should have, for sure. And I think I would definitely tell you that. I think Bomber would tell you that last night. Um, so if you're going to write about that, obviously write about it. But don't forget to write about the great things today. Eflin Aldul DeGrom um, and maybe the biggest game of the year, right? A game that we knew that we had to win. Um, we had great, great at bats off the ground. I don't know what, how many strikeouts he ended up, but I'm going to guess it was a season low. Um, you know, we had the lead going into uh, the late innings again on the road in a pretty hostile environment today. So um, just don't. Ranger was really good. Ranger was really good again. He just made a, a not that bad of a pitch. The ball just carried out of the, the yard to tie the game. So. Um, Sure, write about the defense, write about how I didn't catch the ball, but uh, don't forget to write about the really, really good things that that, uh, that went on today as well because I really think this is a really good team. Um, the ball is not really bouncing our way. We're not getting calls. You know, things like that seem to be happening, and we're, yeah, sure, we're 75, 80 games in, but um, there's a lot of baseball to be played. Um, 
the schedule softens as we go and this team has the ability to go on a run and I really think that we have a really long run in us so all right so that's the clip and uh Mike did you hear that because I think you may have been yeah. away by the time that had uh I heard it after the fact I didn't hear it like I just heard it from you okay but I mean I knew that uh, you know, Cliff Notes version. Right, and I, I, I think the thing is, I understand what Reese Hoskins was trying to do. He was trying to remain positive. He was trying to support his teammates, all that. But this gets to the point we're talking about. You can't blow smoke up people's asses here. And professional athletics is a transactional business. You win, and I say you like this, you win or you lose. And I think when it comes to a person like Reese Hoskins, they don't understand that when people get upset and when the you know when the media is going to write stuff, it's a reflection of there's still interest in this team. When people get upset, that means they care. And the worst thing he ought to be doing, and the worst thing anybody with the Phillies should be doing, is lecturing anybody because right now they're not a major factor in the city's conversation they just aren't well they're the only look i think reese was frustrated it sounded like he was i i kind of understood what he was trying to say oh i do too it was clumsy the way it handled though or the way it happened oh yeah well that's a different subject yeah i I read scott lover and matt breen and bob brook over all the time i don't read a lot of the other people i do do. most of the time i think I, i mean Scott Lover and Matt Breen have written the same story like 14, 15 times this year. You know, and they, they even say, I'm writing the same story. You know, the defense did it. But I think they always point out the good things that happen. I mean, I think they point out that, you, you know, Eflin outpitched DeGrom or that the Or that know, Wheeler's been tremendous all season. And- yeah, but I mean, I mean, if the Phillies lose 6-3 to three and Bryce Harper goes 4-4, four for four, I think it's going to be mentioned that Bryce Harper went four for four. I don't, yeah. you know, so I think he's, I think that part of it, and look, he may be right. In the end of the game, they may turn out to have a long run in them, and, and I would expect a player to say, I don't want a player on the Phillies telling me, oh, my God, season's half over, we got no shot, because that would be ridiculous. But I don't think players sometimes, even if they mean it the right way, and he might have been trying to lecture the media a little bit. I, I don't know this, but. They, they got to learn just to keep their mouth shut sometimes. And I know we don't like it when they keep their mouth shut because then we say, oh, he's not Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to tell them, hey, keep your mouth shut because, honestly, yeah. you want guys to be honest and all that. But when they are honest, sometimes you have to think a little bit about yeah. the ramifications of the world. I mean, look, that's Joe all. Girardi's been caught in this a lot this year because Joe's the guy that's got to go in there a lot of times after a tough loss and explain and to, maybe yeah. why he did something, you know, why did I take Wheeler out, you know, whatever. Um and By I'm the way, Joe I didn't have a huge problem with that of, last night, but go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, Joe has, you know, sort of had to say a couple times this year to a certain degree what Reese kind of said. Guys, you know, uh, you know, we're it didn't turn out right, but I thought, you know, it's it's look, it's like you say, Kev, it, it's very, very, very simple. When you win, it's all going to be good, and when you don't win, I mean, we've seen this with the Eagles, mm-hmm. we've seen it with the Sixers, we see it with the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers. You go back to like early January when the Flyers started off nine zero and two or whatever the hell they started. Off, they were the talk of the town. Another I mean, an I mean, after And then a month and a half later, and they did go through the COVID stuff. So I'm going to. We don't know what part that played. I have no idea. But they were like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way it is in this town. 
if you become an afterthought, they go to they go on to the next story. Whatever the next story is. Now the Eagles training camp will be starting in 20 days or whatever it is. I guarantee you if the Phillies are are seven games out, and I'm not sure they will be, I'm just saying, but if they're seven games out when the Eagles training camp starts, I know what people are going to be caring more about. Well, you I know it and I know it. Yeah, and um, I, I'll make the argument that this week has been critical. And we're recording this on Monday night, or I'm sorry, on Thursday night, uh, while they're still playing the Cubs um, in Chicago before they go to Boston this weekend. Because I think they need to have a good road stretch to get people a little bit bought in before they come back home. They're gonna have a they're gonna have a heavy schedule uh, of home games after the break, which should help yep. them. They, they need to be in a position at the trade deadline where they're not sellers. Mm-hmm. That's all they need. Now, look, they 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 caught the, they uh, Padres were hot. Right. right, they beat the Padres two out of three. The Cubs stink right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I mean, you think about. I was thinking about this the other day. Twelve days ago, the Cubs were. 12 games over 500. Yeah, now they're a game under. Like two games over. How's that? Now they're a game Come under. On. Right. Now they're going to play the Red Sox this weekend, and they're not going to have most of their good pitchers going. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah, they get Pavetta on Sunday. <laughs> What's that? They get Pavetta on Sunday. But, but, I mean, they could lose three at Boston. I, I think I think they'll win one. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they can win two. But, okay, so they'll win to the All-Star break a little under 500 probably, a game under 500, two games under 500, something like that. But, they cannot be sellers at the trade deadline. You can't. You cannot. And I don't think they're going to be because I think the division's going to keep them in it. I don't think they're going to be but, buyers either, though. Well, but you got to be something. I mean, you either have you to could be tread waterers. Well, treading water. But see, treading water is the same thing to me. As I mean, you're right. They could. They could just say, hey, we think. They don't have the assets to trade, Mike. Well, look, Dombrowski's been saying all year when our, te- our team hasn't been whole. The only problem with that is no other team in his division has been whole either. So the Mets can make the same claim. The Nats can make the same claim. The Braves can make the same claim. So, okay, whatever. But I think he's got to try to do something. And I think the main thing is if he can somehow get a closer or some guy that they think. I don't think they're going to get a four starter or a fifth starter. I think what you have is what you have. I think that's And, and you got to hope Nola starts pitching better. Or, or it won't really matter. I don't think they're going to tweak with the lineup. I don't think they're going to trade Hoskins. I don't think. I mean, McCutcheon right now is now playing really well. Mm-hmm. So you can't really. I mean, the center field's a, a mess. And and that's, you know, but you can only fix so many things. If I was Dombrowski, the one thing I would be trying to get is a guy who I think I could make my closer. And I don't know if that guy's out there. I don't know if you can get him. Uh, I, do, I just don't have the answers to that. But. I just think if, God forbid, they're like seven games out come July 30th and they turn around, they trade Reese Hoskins to a contender or they trade McCutcheon to a contender, man, that's that's just going to be really, really, really hard to take as a fan. I Why? Think. Because th- then you're conceding for a third straight season with Bryce No, Harper. you're, you're, you're speaking the reality, square. Mike. What's that? If you're seven games out on July 30th, you ought to be trading these guys. But it's Kevin, reality. That, but that, to me, is just failure. It's failure. Well, nobody, is it better to admit the failure? Well, is, is it better I'm to admit you, the failure? Kevin, and, and, Kevin, I'm telling you how I feel. I understand. I'm not telling you that, that it's wrong to trade if you're seven games out. What I'm saying to you is that's sad. 
It's sad that in your third year of Bryce Harper, having signed Riamulto, having signed Gregorius, that you are trading at the deadline with a guy who's who's going to finish second in the Cy Young, if not win it. Well, he's going to be third, probably. But okay, whatever. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, he's a top five guy. Okay, you got him. You got a $330 million guy in right field. You got the, one of the best catchers in baseball, and you're trading. Well, you know what? Fine. Let's talk Eagles then. We'll go to training camp, and we'll talk Eagles because then you become irrelevant again. And then what happens is next year, well, depending upon what you do in the offseason, you will, again, you will have to earn your relevancy back. And that's a hard thing to do for a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in 10 years. And, and Mike, I understand all that, but there's also a point where there has to be – I'll use this example. There has to be a responsible adult who that's steps true. up and says, we do not have a chance as constructed right now to do anything. If you're, if you're six or seven back. That's and, there has to be, and there has to be – a honest to goodness conversation. Our farm system stinks. Right. We don't have a bullpen. Do we punt? Do we do we trade an Andrew McCutcheon or Reese Hoskins or Gene Segura if somebody wants them? And not everybody that I've listed well, there. They won't, yeah. And and what do you do? And here here's my counterpoint to that. Two counterpoints. One is what are you getting? Because if you tell me you're getting draft picks and pro- oh, it's, or prospects, it's going to be prospects. I'm going to laugh at you. Because their their uh, their uh, history with that kind of stuff, sticks. yeah, yeah. But you got to you got to trust Dombrowski, uh, Dombrowski's history more than you would trust the I'm past history. You. I'm with you. And if you're getting a prospect from another team, that means your your organization wasn't developing them anyway. Now, but here's the bigger part to me: you got to walk up to Bryce Harper, you got to walk up to JT Riamulto, you got to walk up to Joe Girardi and look them in the eyes. Hey guys, it's over. And that's one. Maybe they're professionals, and they'll say, okay, I, I understand where you're coming from. It's Joe Girardi's second year of a three-year contract. It's Harper's third year of a 13-year contract, and you just signed Real Multi. I'm just saying, that's a hard thing to do, uh, okay. Kevin. Uh, then I, you're, I, the, you're the Angels. That's what you are. You're the Angels. You traded for Rendon, and he's been on the IR 55 times. Okay, and, uh, and Mike, you know. Mike, that's a relevant, that's a great point, okay? And I don't disagree with that. But you also would have some, that person having that conversation likely will be a guy with a couple World Series rings on his fingers. So that makes it a little more relevant one. And to be honest, there's two guys you worry about with that. You worry about you worry about JT Romuto. You worry about Harper. And, you know, I'm not to be cold because I don't think this is all a Joe Girardi mess. But a Joe Girardi is going to pitch a fit. See it, buddy. Oh, I don't think he's going to pitch a fit. All I'm saying is he was brought in here to make a difference. And he, he hasn't. Not brought in. He was brought in here because everybody said the previous manager sucked. Okay? But now the previous manager is in front, is his best record in baseball. Now, he might not have the best record in baseball in September, but he has the best record in baseball, which tells me that the problem here wasn't him, although you do learn from your first experience, and he might have learned. All I'm saying is nobody in this town, thought Joe Girardi was coming in here to be a 500 manager. Nobody. They didn't think they were going to win the World Series this year. Nobody thought that. Mike, Mike, thought- Mike, one of the biggest crimes that this organization is guilty of is overestimating where they are. Well, you know, but we do too, though, sometimes. We do as fans. 
I look, I thought this year, like I said, I would have taken the over with the 81. Maybe they'll still do that. Who knows? I didn't think they were going to, that they were a serious team. But I thought, you know, if everything broke right, if everything happened, and they've had injuries, I know everybody's had whatever. Maybe. Yeah, the injury excuse doesn't fly. I'm sorry. I know, I know. And center field's a joke. But all I'm saying is, I thought there was a chance. Like, if everything broke right, maybe they get the 87, 88 wins. And maybe, just maybe, that was enough to get the second wild card. Mike, here, or, no, know, and it's not. Well, no, it's not. It's not going to be because the 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 wild cards are both coming out of the West. He, here's the other part of this, and if you really want to do a deep dive on your organization, and that's something we'll do in the upcoming weeks. As no, we're not. We're not doing that. Well, what do they do well? Every team does usually one thing fairly well. I don't know. I, I don't. They don't catch the ball well. Their their starting pitching's okay. Yeah. It's not great because you still have Velasquez and and the back hole, uh, the black hole at the number five spot. And, and, and Nola hasn't been great. and Nola hasn't been great. No. no, their offense is is prone to slumps. The bullpen's a joke. The, the bullpen's I mean, a, joke. a joke. And 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 they catch the ball like it like it's a like it's a hand grenade. Uh, and and they're not smart. They're not a no. smart like that base running thing last night from Bone. I mean, really. All of this, all of this is just an example of where they are and where they are is they're not a good but not, team. But not remember now, not all these guys came from their organization. I that's but I mean, it, you got boom, you got you got boom, and you got the first baseman and Herrera. Does Herrera count as one of theirs? Uh, I'll give him cre- I'll give them half credit because he's a Rule Five guy who they. So that's two and a half guys you're talking about. Yeah, out of out of an eight man lineup. So mm-hmm. that ain't. Their fault, necessarily. If D.D. Gregorius can't field, that's no, not a Philly problem. No, they but their problem, but their problem is they identified him as a solution without understanding. Yeah, what? But the, again, Kevin, we were all sitting here in the all season, you and me, saying they got to. I said they were about an 83-85 win team. Yeah, I did. I, and yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I was guilty of that. I, I like D.D. And I, I, I said that I didn't think their bullpen could possibly be worse, and it did. The one thing they got to do in the off season, the one thing they got to do. And this is funny, and I mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned this on Twitter last week. They have. To, well, you're on Twitter too much. I am. Yeah, I know you are. Um, they have to emphasize the closer role. And remember that Matt Clintac's first big move was to get rid of Ken Giles because he felt that the closer role was overrated in in a worth kind of situation especially for a team that was poor, okay? And, and I understood that, but now you're at a point where you're you're thinking you're going to contend. You have to put actual, by golly, put some good money and resources into finding a closer. Yeah, but you better hope you find the right one because we mm. see way too many times in baseball when a guy is good, somebody goes out and gets him, and then he stinks. I, I so the Mets and, do that. Um, with the guy they got, we, we've seen baseball closers are weird. But hoping that he's team. just going to develop organically like they have the well, last I, three I, years I, when Neris is not working either. You have a co- you have a manager, God bless him, who for most of his career had the best reliever in baseball history in his bullpen with guys that got him from the seventh and the eighth to that guy. And I, I'm not bl- I'm not saying Joe it's an Girardi organizational issue. It's not just Joe Girardi. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is Joe had that luxury yeah. for all those years. 
and it's a great thing to have, and you can manage that way. I think he's trying to manage sort of that way now, and he just doesn't have the parts to do it. It's I'm not saying it's his fault, you know, but it, it, it's, I, I mean, when I can raise my hand and, he, oh, here comes Mariana, okay. Come on, come on, dude. Uh, come on in. I mean, you know, geez. Next week, we're hoping to have a guest on who will help us break down the first half of the Philly season. So, uh, well, they'll be past the first half, but the Phillies will be in the All-Star break at this point next week. Uh, one other thing, and I want to mention the All-Star game. Um, I, I, you know, look, I, I don't want to get into the, the baseball moving the All-Star game to Denver. That's a whole different story that a lot of people have been latch, latching on to and all that. And I don't think it's good for the sport, though, when you have guys like DeGrom. Uh, today it was Carlos Correa and uh, uh, Jose Altuve who have backed out. Um, and the sport itself seems to denigrate its own All-Star game. And I know you're not an All-Star game fan, but one of the coolest things that ever happened with the All-Star game, one of the cool traditions, and I've been at five of them, okay, was when they would have players come out in their different individual uniforms and you would see the mixture, you know, a Phillies player and a Yankee player and all this wearing their own pinstripes. Baseball's taking that away this year. Baseball, it's just... They're not wearing their own uniforms? No, they're wearing special, like they're wearing American League and National League uniforms. That's it. Why? Because Nike has made National American League uniforms for that. Okay, well, you just answered your question. But I have no problem with what Jacob DeGrom is doing with any player who says, hey, I either A, need the rest, especially if you're a pitcher. You just say, hey, I don't want to get on a plane and fly to Denver. I want to spend three days with my family or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I don't think they're disrespecting the game. I mean, me personally, I, I th- think I would want to go. But I can also see where, like, I think Wheeler's going to be really excited to be there and maybe start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a lot of players, not a lot, that's that's the wrong word, but there's enough players who will say, hey, wait a minute, I don't need that. Yeah, right. I, I've been there, I've done that, Atuvi's played in All-Star games. Um, and it's not what it used to, I mean, back when I was growing up, Kevin, it, the All-Star game was one of the biggest events on the calendar. Yeah, now it's not. Uh, partially because you had guys, like, well, you never saw the American and National League play each other like you do now. And that's true. And the whole point was when Pete Rose and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Roberto Clemente, they wanted to beat the snot out of the American League and vice versa. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying these teams don't want to win. And as stupid as it was, and I didn't like the idea when they played for the home field right. advantage in the World Series, but it did add at least something to it. Some intrigue. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I still thought it was kind of contrived, but like I said, it's an exhibition. It's a night to celebrate the game. It's a night you have a home run derby. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you're going to see a, a, a Tani. Uh, you know, hit hit a ball 500 feet or something. I mean, I still remember the one where Reggie Jackson yeah. hit the ball like nine million miles. In Detroit, right? Well, it is an exhibition, like every other All Star game. Whether it's the NBA, uh, they don't even have football anymore. I mean, or hockey and baseball was always the best one. Because it most closely resembled the sport, unlike basketball, unlike hockey, um, unlike the Pro <clears throat> Bowl. Yeah, where they scored two hundred points in, in the in the yeah. yeah. So you know, but it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't move the needle. I mean, if Wheeler's pitching, I'll watch Wheeler pitch. 
You know, I, I usually watch it to see if Riamolto gets an at-bat or plays a couple innings. But, I mean, let's be honest. What if Riamolto plays and gets hurt? Yeah. And I'm not saying he's going to. No, but, but there have been guys. But who you're have right. Gotten, I mean, no. That's you a, know, who've gotten hurt in All-Star. Dizzy Dean's whole career got whacked 70, 80 years ago because he broke his toe in an All-Star game. You know, I'm just saying, it's an All-Star game. That's what it is. It's a, it's an All-Star game. It's an exhibition well, you know, so let me, I'm not losing any sleep over any of that. All right, let me let me raise one other issue here that is my anti-Rob Manfred agenda. Um, Major League Baseball has had the seven-inning doubleheader since last year because of the pandemic. Uh-huh. Okay? Last year, it didn't matter if what time the games were, and they were always, like, concurrent doubleheaders, you know, one yeah. after tr- traditional doubleheaders, I should say. Uh, in the last, in the last um, month, we have seen, and there was a great column. I, I, I highly recommend it to anybody who who can uh, go to Mike Vaccaro's column in the New York Post. Uh, and I want to get Mike on the show anyway because um, Mike's good dude and Mike has a smart idea on everything. Baseball has seen in Washington and in uh, New York. A rash of split uh, uh, admission doubleheaders, day-night doubleheaders, okay? That are seven innings, okay? But they are charging the fans as separate games at full price. And there has been a hue and cry in New York especially that this is basically theft of service. Um. I wanted to get your opinion on this because so so the fans are upset because they're missing two innings of a game. The fans are upset because they are being they are being sold a nine inning game when they buy the ticket, then it's reduced mm-hmm. to a seven inning game. But you so they're they're, they're upset because they're missing two innings, right? That's what I just said. Yeah, that's crap. Over. I, I look if if, they, if, if if I'm sick of seeing about. Well, I'm tired look, of the seven inning like doubleheader anyway. I don't like seven inning games. I, I, I assume they were put in. One of the reasons was, I'm guessing, because last year they didn't want the bullpens to get all whacked out because it was a 60. I, I don't know what the exact reason is now that they're playing seven innings. I, but so, in other words, if I if I go to watch a seven inning game, I should pay 75% of what I would for a nine inning game. I don't I don't get it, Kevin. You're going to a game. They're going to play a game. Somebody's going to win the game. It might go seven innings. It might go eight. Might well, whatever. But why? Why? I, I think. I think. Yankees, the, I think. The, why should the Yankees pay? Tell you instead of sixty dollars for the ticket, you're only going to pay forty five. Okay, I think the the idea was all right. The seven inning doubleheader was done so that they didn't sit around and waste time on a COVID year when they were worried about you know people spending too much time at a clubhouse and all that. Well. They're all. They are sp- spending all no, that I don't time. Think in a, that was the reason. Well, that's. I think the that was the was official 60, reason. In a sixty-game season with where you're going to compact the schedule, I think they were worried about bullpen. Okay, so why do it now? I don't know, Kevin. I because they they because but uh, but that wasn't your question. Your question was about what people are paying to see the game. I, I I don't understand why I'm going to see a game. I know going in it's going to be a seven inning game. Because they're playing a day-night doubleheader. What what, uh, what am I mad about? I'm mad that I'm paying 10 extra bucks and not getting my money's worth? 
I don't understand. It's why are we making this about so so does the fans get a refund of of um what uh twenty percent twenty five percent whatever is that what you're saying? Well, I don't understand. I, I, don't understand I, I think point. the I think the idea was that you sold it as this preventative measure. And but that's, a, but that's a different question, Kevin. Your question was why are they getting charged the full price? That has well, nothing to do with why they're playing a seven inning game. They're two different questions. I can't answer why they're playing a seven inning game. I don't know this. You can ask Rob Manford. But why they're getting charged as if it's a game is because it's still a game. I, I, I don't understand what the what the problem is. You know going in it's a seven inning game. So if you don't want to go, don't pay. Don't go to game. But but do you expect a rebate? Well, I think if you're going to do a uh, all right, let me put it this way: if you're doing a doubleheader where it's a single admission, okay, and you're playing back to back, if you want to play seven innings, that's fine. But if you're doing a separate admission doubleheader, then you should have to do two two nine inning games. But but that wasn't the way you posed it. You posed it as if the fan was getting ripped off. He is. by paying the foot. No, he's not. He's not getting. He's getting. He's, getting, he's seeing a seven inning game. He's not seeing a nine inning game. He's seeing a seven inning game. I'm, I'm sorry. He knows that going in. If he doesn't want to go see a seven inning game, now why they're playing the seven inning games, I have no idea. But I guess it's not going away if they're doing it. Um, I, I have no other answer for that. But I, 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 if if you're saying they should play nine innings, I'm not saying you're wrong. But you can't play nine innings if they're day night. And play seven innings if they're playing back to back. You have to be uniform. All doubleheaders are. If you're going to say doubleheaders are going to be seven inning games, then they're going to be seven inning games. So if you're going to a day night and you're paying a separate admission, hey, that's on you. That's on the consumer. That's not on baseball. I I, I disagree. If if I'm taking my grandson to see a game and the game's only going to be seven innings, okay. So am what? I mad that I'm? I'll, paying gi- I'll give you the. Game? I'll give you the example. It's a 22%, obviously, reduction in game length. 20%. That's what I 20, said. 22%, right. Okay. I'll give you the example that was cited in the Vaccaro column. Folks who bought tickets to the Mets-Yankees game Sunday night did so believing they would get a nine-inning game. Same deal with the fans who bought t- Brewers-Mets tickets for Wednesday night. If you shell out for a Broadway play and the house lights came on midway through the second act, you wouldn't stand for that, would you? If you bought a price-fixed dinner and suddenly you were told you had to leave the restaurant before dessert, that would cause an incident, wouldn't it? I it's, think you're talking apples and oranges. Oh. I think I think you're talking, Kevin. I don't think, first of all, the fans that go to the stadium, if the Yankees win the game in seven, they ain't going to care. They ain't going to care one iota. Right. If you want to give them 20, if, they're, if you're saying they should get 20% of their money back, hey, that's an argument you can make. I'm not going to say you're right or wrong. Uh, or at least give it in merchandising credits on the tickets because whatever. they're all that, right. that's fine. But the, but but the I if if the, the fan then should have the right, I will go this far. If that's the case, if they bought the ticket thinking it was going to be a nine inning game, and now it's going to be a seven inning game, they should have the right to get to turn their ticket in and get their money back. They should and not go to the game. Yeah, that that I'll go for. I'll go for that. But I think I think this is just me personally. Vaccaro and you are making way, 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 way too much of this. It's a You're going to a baseball game. Okay, so it's not going to be a nine-inning game. For whatever stupid reason that baseball has decided, it's going to be a seven-inning game. So I'm going to say I'm, I'm getting – again, if I went to a Phillies game and they won in seven innings, would I be happier if they played nine and the Phillies lost because their bullpen blew the lead? I don't know. 
Um, all right. I, I, I just, it's a baseball game. You're going to a baseball game. It would be like if the game got rained out after the sixth inning. Okay, you saw six And I understand games. that this has been the policy in the minor leagues for years with the seven-inning games. Well, one, they don't charge separate admission on seven-inning games. Whatever. I, I, think this, I think we're making way, okay. way, way too much. A fan has – now, I will say this. Like I just said to you. You should have the right to turn it in. Purchase a ticket. You should have the right to turn it in. Yeah. You should have the right to turn it in. I, I will absolutely grant that or say I want to go to – if they're not going to give you your money back, give you a ticket to a nine-inning game. Yeah. I'll go – that's fine. I have no problem at all with that. I will bet you if they put that policy in, I'll bet you there'd be like three fans that would turn their tickets in. Yeah. All right. So, which leads to the last topic for this evening. Um, the and this is what we mentioned about qu- dumb things that are said and dumb things that are done. Dumbass things. Dumbass things. Yes. Right. Uh, you should give credit to um, Ty, by the way. I will. Tyrone Johnson has his word of the week, and my word of the week is dumbass. And oh, I thought it was Ty's. Oh, okay. No, no, this You're is my word. word. I'm pay- I'm paying uh, tribute to him. Okay. 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 Good. Um, the biggest dumbasses of everyone that we've mentioned on this show, and it's tough to top Rob Manfred in the dumbass category. I should point that out. The biggest dumbasses are the members of the International Olympic Committee. Uh, If you have not heard this, we are two weeks away from the Tokyo Olympics, okay? They begin two weeks from tomorrow, so Friday, July 23rd, I guess that would make that. Um, And it was announced on Thursday that the government of Japan, and especially uh, the the city of Tokyo, um, has put a, a, a public health state of emergency in effect. Um. The Olympics will be held basically as a TV studio show. Now, some people would say that's not that uncommon. Um, but there will be no fans from uh, overseas. That is known. That has been known for months. It was announced on Thursday there will be no fans from Japan allowed to go. None to the opening ceremony. None to track or swimming or equestrian or anything so this event which got pushed back from 2020 to 2021 will be held in a basic bubble athletes are not going to be allowed outside of their rooms in the village except to go to practice or to go to um to go to their events and mike it just begs the question why why are they doing this no, why, why no, couldn't you got, no, you got to answer a question first. Go ahead. You called them dumbasses. Why are they dumbasses? They're dumbasses because, one, they're bringing people from all over the world. Okay. A lot of them in countries that have not had the vaccine. You know, America, we, we look at it, and I know it's 60% of the public, I think, has been fully vaccinated at this point. Uh, 59 to 65, whatever the number is, has not been vaccinated, or has been vaccinated, excuse me, to this point in some degree. Okay, and that's a good percentage. Do you know what the percentage is in Japan right now, Mike? I'm guessing it's very low. 11%. Okay. 11. Let, let me ask you a question, Kevin. How many athletes would you roughly estimate are going to compete in the Olympics? Give me uh, a I, I don't know that off the top of my head, right, but, but I'll, I'll take a guess probably since it's been cut down a little bit, probably about eight to 9,000. Okay. If I took those eight or 9,000 
athletes right now, this minute, and ask them. By the way, 11,000 is the total. Okay, 11,000. And 4,400 Paralympics. Wait a minute. I asked all those 11,000 athletes, do you want to compete in two weeks? How many of them would say yes? Um, Every single well, th- one. There because have been, uh, Mike. Want to m- Kevin, if they didn't want to compete, they could say, I am not competing. Well, and there were I'm a few today. There were a few, there were a few today. That's fine. Who backed out well, after it was the announced. The vast majority of athletes are going to go and compete. They may not like the circumstances. They may rather have fans there. But the most important thing to them is not the cheers. It is the competition. Trying to win a medal that they've been working for years to do and probably have put themselves on a timetable to peak in two weeks or three weeks whenever their uh, competition is taking place. So that's the most important opinion to me. Let, let me, so let, let me give you... you're going to postpone it until sure. 2022. Right. I don't think accomplishes... It, I, I, it, it may well, stop a few people from getting sick. I'm not going to say it won't, but... How do they know that Japan in 2022 will be any different than Japan is in 2021? Okay, let me give you a couple numbers here. There's 11,000 Olympians. I'm looking at the ESPN story. 4,400 uh, 4, Paralympians, the, which is obviously right. going to take place a couple weeks after the regular Olympics. Okay. Um, they IOC says 80% more than 80% of the Olympic Village they assume will be vaccinated. Okay, and by the way, there is a story if you want on uh, Real Sports uh, on HBO right now about countries that are basically taking vaccines away from at-risk populations and giving it to their Olympic athletes and, and having them cut in line. There's a whole different story. I'll, I'll let, you know, you could judge on that. Nationwide, Japan has 810,000 cases, 14,900 deaths. Only 15% of the Japanese population is fully vaccinated. The United States fully population, uh, fully vaccinated population right now, as of Thursday, is forty seven point four percent. It's fifty percent in Great Britain. Um, the state of emergency begins on Monday. Uh, Eight hundred ninety six new cases on Thursday, up from six hundred seventy three the week earlier. So there is a spread, and I think that's the thing, Mike. You're bringing, you're bringing added elements in at a time when. Kevin, I understand what you're saying, okay? What I'm saying to you is they're, they're, these are athletes. Ask the athletes. If the athletes do not want to go, then cancel the games. If, if, if half the athletes don't want to go, that ain't going to happen. I'm telling you right now that's not going to happen. They're going to go. They're going to compete. They may not all like it. They may, But if Michael Phelps doesn't want to go, Michael Phelps doesn't have to go. He can say it's dangerous over there. Okay? They're not letting fans in. It's like the British Open is going to be uh, contested in a week, next week. They're quarantined. At Royal St. George's, yeah. 50,000 fans on the course. So which is dumber? Okay? I'm just saying is I understand. We should just cancel everything then. I mean, anything that has to do like that, we could be sitting here a year from now and it might not be any better or that much difference. You have it, you do, and if the athlete, if Mike Kern is competing, uh, you know, I haven't heard one of the basketball players from the U.S. say, hey, I ain't going. 
I haven't heard a sprinter say, hey, I ain't going. I mean, I'm sure there might be a couple, but the vast majority of these athletes are going to go, and they're going to be quarantined, and they're going to compete. And they might come home and say, ah, that sucked. And the guy that wins the gold medal, he's going to say it was the greatest thing that ever happened in his life. Just like every other Olympics that's ever been contested. So I understand what you're saying, but I just don't think the IOC two weeks before the Olympics can say, ah, no, it's off. Yeah, but let's also, let's also. I know you have all these airline reservations and you're doing this and you're doing that and you've, you've been training for. It isn't going to happen, Kevin. But, Mike, let's also be honest. The only reason the IOC is pressing ahead is because of the IOC. The IOC is not worrying about the athlete. They're not. But if the IOC canceled it tomorrow and 80% of the athletes were mad, then what would you say? I I would say, uh, you know, we're looking out for your better health. Sometimes you have to be the adult in the room. No, 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 no. That, that's like telling somebody in Mississippi, get a vaccine because you should get a vaccine because it's dangerous if you don't. And they're going to say, that. I'm just saying, Kevin, this is about the athletes. And we can sit here and say, we're trying to protect you. They are protecting them. They're protecting them by quarantining them and not letting anybody in the stadium. How much but better are you going to protect but, somebody? But Mike, this is so the IOC can get <laughs> its 75% of its operating revenue from NBC. Right. Kevin, that's right. And the NBA playoffs were all about money. And the NCAA tournament was all about money. I mean, this is like this is like a newsflash to you? Uh, the IOC is worse. Kevin, the IOC it's is. because you want it to be worse. It no. Just like, no, just my- like we say that the, the governing body in soccer, when they were awarding World Cups, yes, they, it, it, was, it, was, it was wrong. It was wrong. Every play, every, things that the NBA has done, things that the NFL has done, they've all been predicated on one thing. And they're pro leagues. So, okay, I'll give them that. But when the NCAA was doing stuff, and we're sitting there going, really, is that like, should they be doing that? Well, and should we said explain? that. No, no, Kevin, we, we went through, if all I'm saying is, it, it's not perfect, it's about money, it's always about money, we know that. If the athletes didn't want to go, they don't have to go. The United States can turn around tomorrow, as the United States Olympic Committee say, we're not sending a team. Have you heard them do that yet? I don't think so. So, it's not just about that. So there's not, they're not going to come in contact, in theory, with anybody in Japan, as far as I can tell. Okay. I'm missing the point. Okay. Well, no, and, and here, but here's another part of this, okay? You're talking about the NFL and the, the NCAA, and you're talking the NBA, okay? And those are all, why, why did they continue? Well, because they want the money from the TV contracts. I get all that, okay? I understand. I would say it's different in two senses, okay? One, you are talking pros, okay, in a lot of cases. And in the college case, obviously, with the NCAA, uh, there's a, there, that's a little more of a dicey situation. But part two on this is Michael all... Michael Phelps is an amateur? Well, Michael Phelps isn't performing at this one. Uh, or, 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 if I went down the list of U.S. track stars... You want, all right, you want to say like Katie Ledecky or something, or, or Simone Biles. Kevin, I know. Who's being, who's being naive now, Kevin? Really? No, Who's they're not amateurs. Naive? I'm not. I'm not saying that, Mike. I'm you just saying. Said it. No, you just said. Well, it's not no. the NFL, or it's not the. Uh, I get it. Well, here's part two. Talk. Here's part two. Here's the more relevant point. It's from one country. It's one group, one country, being in a system, in an ecosystem. Okay, and that yes, you may have everybody kind of 
put in, in a lockdown in the Olympic Village, okay? They're still going to get in the same buses, and they're still going to get in the same, you know, they're, they're going to go to Olympic Stadium and all that. And here's the other part of this that I really burns me, okay? The IOC has always put all the burden on the host country and the host city to any financial difficulty, any financial ruin that comes as a result of an Olympics, okay? Mm -hmm. Tokyo is going to take a bath on this, okay? Yeah, just like every other city that does. Right, and, but it's going to be way worse. Tokyo, Kevin, Tokyo knew that when Tokyo accepted the bid. So please don't tell me that I'm supposed to feel sorry for Tokyo, okay? No. The only two that have ever made money were the two in the U.S., 1984 and 1996, because they had guys running it that knew what the hell they were doing because they were business people. And they sold every, every sponsorship. Every yeah. Olympics has went into hock over it, whether it was Brazil, Greece, and you name it. So Australia was pretty give good. Me, no, you're mad because the IOC makes a lot of money and, and, and it, they should, shouldn't be doing this. And my response, once again, is if the United States feels strongly about this, don't send a team. Okay, that is your right as the United States to say this is too dangerous. We're not going over there. I haven't heard that yet. And you know what? You won't hear it because the United States is going to go and compete. That's what they're going to do. So we consider all we want and say, well, you know, they should cancel it for another year. They should do this. They should do that. They should. It ain't happening. And if the sprinter from the U.S. doesn't want to go, that's perfectly within his rights to, or her rights to say, I think it's too dangerous over there. Have you heard one person who thinks they have a chance to win a medal say, I ain't going to Tokyo? No. But if they said, we're canceling the games till next year, I guarantee you somebody would come out and say, whoa, wait a minute. I've been training all my life for this month to get to July of 2020. Well, actually July of 2020. But now it's July of 2021. So I am peaked. I'm at the peak of my ability. And now you're telling me I got to put it on hold for a year? No, Kevin, that's not happening. It, it's, you, you, you can, you can tell all you want about, and, and I'm not saying you didn't make valid points. I don't mean it that way. It ain't happening. I'm just telling you. And, and most of the people, I mean, if they go over there and they're not vaccinated, I mean, maybe they should have that rule. Maybe you should have to prove that you're vaccinated. Before you can go compete, I don't know if they do or not, so I can't speak to that. Well, they like I said, eighty percent are supposedly going to be vaccinated, but I well, then then eighty percent are going to be safe. Okay, eighty percent probably aren't going to get sick. Okay, so the other twenty percent, I don't know what to tell you. Somebody catches COVID, hey, then they're going to have to isolate them. I suppose I I I don't have all the answers, Kevin, but I'm just telling you, you don't need fans to hold an Olympics. You really don't. And you don't, you don't need fans to hold sports, as we have found out in the last year. Okay? Whether it's, whether it's you know, I mean, crazy. they played a baseball. They, 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 the uh, <clears throat> Toronto teams had to play their whole goddamn seasons in Florida because they couldn't get back in their country. I mean, come on. It, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's bad. It's not good. It's not what you want. But I guarantee you, I, I would be wi willing to bet that these Olympics are going to go off and probably without a hitch, other than the fact that there won't be fans, which, of course, will take away from it. 
you know, the opening ceremony. I don't even know if there's going to be an opening ceremony or I don't know. Maybe they can't even do that. I have no idea, but they're going to run a hundred meters. They're going to run a marathon. They're going to have swimming events. They're going to have basketball. I don't hear anybody talking about the basketball teams aren't going to go. So, well, there, there have been, let's be honest. There have been people who have said that they are backing away because of but the, who, who? Give, give me well, the first. I mean, they're backing away because of COVID. Well, I think there's a lot of them have used the term fatigue after a year. They like are this. fatigued. They've played basketball nonstop since like last July or whatever. Yes, LeBron isn't going. <laughs> I mean, some of these guys <laughs> have played like a lot of basketball because they compacted a 70 game schedule <laughs> in the four months for once again money. Yeah. Now, I don't think anybody is not going to Tokyo that wants to go because they're afraid of getting sick. Let me put it that way. Uh, they may go because, I mean, some of these guys, I wouldn't go either. If I've just played, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want Joel Embiid going. If his country was eligible, I'd want him resting. Well, Ben Simmons yeah. is not going. <clears throat> I mean, Ben Simmons ain't going because he's going to work on his shooting. With Maya Jama. <laughs> he can work on it with, I mean, look, he's got Herb McGee right over three miles from where, where they play. He could sit there and give himself to Herb McGee for the, for the next six months. Wouldn't make a difference. Wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. You know it. I know it. Because you have to have the mentality that I will take the shot and not be afraid to fail. Which I, I was one of John Cheney's favorite lines. You can't be afraid to fail. Ben Simmons has some kind of a mental, whether it's from his father, his inner circle, whatever, that deems that he will not shoot a basketball. Not can shoot. I don't know if he can't shoot. Will not shoot a basketball outside of four feet from the basket. Well, that's a problem. And Ben's got to be able, forget Doc Rivers motivating him. Forget he has to motivate himself. He has to look at himself. But I think the problem with Ben, as you've pointed out several times on this show, is he looks at himself and says, I'm a three-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the best defensive players in the league. I, I, I mean, all I had to hear was after that last game against the Hawks, when he sat there and said, well, you know, Trey Young had a bad game. And, I, you know, I was kind of responsible for that. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, and I had 11 assists. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Really? That's what you're going to tell me. That would be like Joel Embiid saying, well, you know, I scored 32 points, but Joel, had nine turnovers. Oh, okay. That counts too. You know, and I can't blame him because he was playing with a torn meniscus or whatever the hell he had. What was Ben playing with? <coughs> a fragile mind. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's it for this week. Obviously, you know, I, we, I, it was an area of the grievances. I think is the proper way to look at this. Uh, there was a lot of uh, things that annoyed me in particular this week. You're allowed to be annoyed, Kevin. There's no, there's no, I, I, look, I get annoyed at a lot of things too, but I, I always tend to try. I always think in every scenario, you should try to look at both sides of the issue. Oh, I'm looking like on the well, IOC thing. I'm looking at both sides and I, I feel awful for athletes, but I also, I also think that I, I look, we have seen the IOC make decisions 
uh, especially over the last 15 years, uh, that are just purely the IOC doing it for its own its own benefit, its own like, reason. E- like every other sports organization in the world. So you got a bone with the IOC, fine, that's fine. No other sports organizations in the world operate any differently. Whether it's the NCAA, whether it's a pro league, uh, whatever. No, you, no you're well. right. You're right. But I'll say one thing. I, I do think you look at the IOC's now track record on letting other cities hold the bag, um, ha- having the cities hold the bag for, for what's going on while they ride off. Like Thomas Bach, who's the president of the IOC, he's doing his quarantine now since he's arrived in Tokyo. Uh, he has to sit three days, and he's doing it in the IOC's five star hotel. That's uh, fine. He's allowed, right? And he's treated like a like a head of state and all that. Yeah, and Mark Emmert's treated like a head of state when he goes to Indianapolis for the Final Four. It, Kevin, get, but, get, but, get, but but it's but the world. They also it, they also make deals with dictators in a lot of cases as well. We've well, seen the we States, saw it in the United States does too sometimes. Well, you yeah, saw you, we saw you saw it in 2014 with so at Sochi. You saw you're seeing the Winter Olympics are going to be next year in Beijing. Yeah. Um. You know, sorry. Well, what do you do? So you say we're not we're not taking it to Beijing because a lot of the world doesn't like them because they're communist country. That, well, it's that, not about you know, communist country. It's about human rights violations. Okay. Well. We could have it in the United States, and there's other countries that point to us and say we have human rights violations here. I, I just I, you ever think of that, but but we don't think of it that way. No, I, no, I, I, I think of it that way as well. That everybody could see things Kevin. differently, but no, we paint it. Look, I'm not extolling Beijing. I don't mean it that way, but we we are quick to point out what other countries don't do. We'll say, man, they're having a civil war in Sri Lanka or something. We had a civil war where where lots and lots and lots of people died. We have people now of color who have been protesting for years and years and years and years and years about their lack of rights. But we'll point out when people don't have rights in other countries. You know how it stops, stops, Kevin? When the bidding comes up for the 2028 Olympics, nobody bid. Nobody bid. Don't bid. London, don't bid. Rome, don't bid. Paris, don't bid. And then well, we 20, 2028 is going to be in the L.A. That's already been decided. Kevin, you, 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 you're, you're Kevin. I know. Don't, don't take me. To, 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 but I'm saying the next Olympics that's up for a bid, okay? Is that more clear? Yeah. Nobody bid. And then that way, no city will go broke. They lined up to bid. So They're not lining up as much. Those cities obviously aren't worried about going broke. Or they wouldn't have held the Olympics. So don't but tell this me is that different. it's the IOC's duty to protect those cities from themselves. Th- this is different, Mike, because it's a pandemic. <laughs> What's it, different? This is different. This is a pandemic. This is something that is completely no, different. No, your argument was that the city's going to go broke. Well, it is. But it, that would happen whether it was in. a pandemic or not, Kevin. Oh, it, it, it got way worse with the pandemic. Mike. But but the, the city was still going to lose money on this. It's a, it's a, it's a money-losing proposition for every city that I can remember, except LA in '84, when Ubroth was running it, and '96 Atlanta when Billy Payne was running it, and, and, Sid, and Sydney in 2000 made money. That's fine. Okay. So I'll give you three then. But please don't tell me that it's the IOC's fault. That would be like saying if Philadelphia hosted a regional, and Philadelphia lost money on the regional, well, it's the NCAA's fault. 
good. It's Philadelphia's fault. It, it's Philadelphia. So L.A. in 28 probably won't lose money because L.A. will figure out a way. The businessmen will get together. They'll figure out a way to do it so that they make money, I would, I would guess. But if it goes to Slovenia in 2030, you know what? Slovenia is probably going to lose money because they got to build stadiums. They got you got to build the infrastructure that they don't have, which is the advantage when you come to America that a lot of the infrastructure is already in place. Yeah, but Tokyo right? is infrastructure. Brazil was a, Brazil was a joke. <clears throat> there was no pandemic right. when the Olympics were held in Brazil. So was it Brazil's fault or the IOC's fault that it was a joke that they lost so much money <clears throat> and that there's stadiums sitting there now that are bare? They built a golf course that now is overrun with weeds. Whose fault is that? I, I Look, I understand, but I also will tell you that the IOC paints itself as this moral beacon of, oh, everything that's right with sports. No, the IOC is a business. And so does the NCAA. The yeah, NCAA will tell you. You don't, you don't hear me saying the NCAA is not. It is. So it, why? But what I'm saying is the IOC is no different. They're, if they're corrupt, they're corrupt. If they, I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying FIFA's not corrupt. I'm not, oh, saying, that's the and, top. And I'm not saying that the NCAA is as corrupt as that. Well, I don't. But every organization will sit there and tell you we're doing it for the betterment of the athletes. I will guarantee you when these Olympics are over, you can ask the athletes who were over there, all the ones that won medals in particular, how, what do you think? And they will say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, we went, we competed. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I thought it was going to be. And we came home. And we'll be sitting here debating whether they should have had it or not. And these guys, then girls are going to go over there and they're going to try to win, you know, they've, something they've been looking to do all their life. And for some of them, I don't know this, but if you canceled this year, maybe they couldn't compete next year. And again, that would be, a, it was just like nobody won the British Open last year because there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, Brooks Kepke could have sat there and said, man, I was really, man, if we would have had a British Open last year, I would have won that damn thing. Because I really like that course. I was playing well. That, that's life. I mean, that that's that's the way it goes. And I, I, I would have had no problem if the IOC would have canceled it. But I don't have this big, big, big issue that they're not because they're not forcing anybody to go. Nobody's saying to these athletes, you have to go to Tokyo. They're choosing to go to Tokyo. So... You know, if your son had made, uh, I don't know, one of the teams, and would you sit there and say to your son, I-, I don't think you should go? And he might look at you and say, Dad, you're nuts. I would I would make the argument that the IOC should not have put the athletes in this position. That's me. And my argument is that maybe the athletes want to go. See, you're making it sound like this is a hardship on the athletes. No, I'm making it sound like... Yes, you are, Kevin. No, saying, no. So then then said, let me let me said, let me clarify. The IOC put the athletes in. How about the people position? of Japan, Mike? How about the what? people of Japan who are? Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're switching your argument now. No, you just said the IOC should not have put the athletes in this position. No, maybe the athletes don't care that they're being put in this position. But how about that's the people? The other, that's the other side of the coin, Kevin. Well, here's the other side of the coin. How about the people in Japan who are going to have resources tied up in, with the Olympics? Even though there's not going to be crowds, there's still going to be massive security. Okay? Health 
health situations and everything are still going to take place. And all these resources are going to be tied up to have a sporting event. And this is one of the things that when we had this last year and we talked about it, we said that should factor into whether you hold events or not because of hospitalizations and and hospital space and, and nurses and all the available resources. You're not you're still gonna have that problem. Well then you know what then, Kevin? What should have happened then is Japan should have said we ain't hosting it. That's what should have happened. Seventy three percent of the people in Japan have said they didn't want to host it. And the IOC is the only one who has the right. The IOC is the only one who has the right to say Japan we, could turn around this tomorrow. Is Whoever's in charge in Japan. Okay? Whether it's the, the emperor or the prime minister, the whoever the hell was in charge, Congress, I don't know who rules Japan. They could come out tomorrow and say, Folks, we ain't having it. Just like if it was going to be in America, Biden could come out or Congress could come out, or however the hell they would have to do it, and say, we ain't hosting it. It's too dangerous. They're not. The people might say that, but the government at large is not saying that. And All I think... I, say that. And All I, they have to do. But, so, Mike, uh, to clarify, okay, because this was brought up in the real sports thing as well. The only organization, according to the host city contract that has the power to cancel. A government can't cancel. A government can tell the IOC, we prefer you to cancel, but only the International Olympic Committee has the right to cancel or postpone the game. So if Japan came out tomorrow and said, we don't think this should be held, we ain't helping you at at all. We ain't having people come to the stadium to serve as your guards. Nothing's happening. What would the IOC do? Japan... It's their country. They could come out tomorrow and say, we think this is too dangerous. We don't think this is right. Our people don't want it. You can do what you want, but we ain't letting, we ain't letting these 11,000 athletes in our country. Um, so go ahead, have your Olympics. What would the IOC do? What are they going to do, penalize Tokyo? They're going to penalize Japan? Say what a horrible thing this is? Don't tell me that people can't do things. No, 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 no. If they think that this is dangerous... And you might be right. Maybe this is too dangerous. Okay, fine. Just tell, send out a message tomorrow to all the countries that are sending people to the games. Say, don't send them. Tell them not to get on the airplane. They're not getting in our country. It's as simple as that, Kevin. Done deal. Done deal. Nobody from the United States is getting on an airplane to go to Tokyo because if it lands, we're sending the plane back. You can do that. They do that. All right. We got to go. Uh, send a cruise ship. Have a cruise ship go over right. and don't don't let it dock. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we will talk to you next week. Before after we go, else. let yeah. me ask you a question. Yeah. So if these games are going to come off, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Will people watch? Will people care? I don't know. I don't know because, because if, if if the answer is affirmative that people will watch and people will care, then the last twenty minutes we just spent debating this was worthless. Because it doesn't matter. Mike, I don't know if people are going to care as much as you think. Oh, I don't think they're going to. Look, I'm not the biggest Olympic person anyway, but the Summer Olympics, I will uh, watch. I, look, I think you look at what every sport went through last year with the bubble. Sure. And there was a lack of interest. Uh, there was a decline in a lot of interest, except for But you know what I'm saying. I, I mean, the difference. I know there's going to be less people caring. And the 12-hour time difference, you know, or 10-hour time difference mm-hmm. doesn't help us and things like that. I get all that. But what I'm saying is, like, will it be 
the normal drop off that you would expect, or is it going to be like a massive drop off where people just say, you know I think what, massive drop off? I don't care. Because also there's there's also this in this country especially. So who loses money in that, Kevin? Who who is doing the Olympics? Is it NBC? NBC. Or- and NBC has sold most of their time, so it doesn't. So it doesn't matter. They 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 still made their money. They yeah. It's a matter okay. of. Well, advertisers now could they end up having to pay refunds if certain numbers aren't met? That's possible. I mean, um, do you think that would be in a contract? Is there? Do you think there? Oh, be a there's like that? usually there's usually clauses about um, rebate. It's not necessarily money given back. It's like free air, t- free ad okay. time given on other programs. Because they don't do that. Like like, I mean, look, I'm I'm naive when it comes to these things, but like I'm guessing like a Super Bowl, God forbid, one say to Coke or Pepsi. You know, if we don't have 100 million viewers, we only have 60 no. million viewers. I'm giving you, yeah, okay, okay. No, right. but but I'm I'm thinking there's a couple factors at play here. One, uh, more more people, to be bluntly honest, are, are going out and about and vacationing and all that. So I don't know they're going to be as entranced in this as they would normally. That's one. Right. Right. Uh, after and a we year, don't see, we don't see a lot of stuff live, right? They're actually going to. They're actually going to. Right? They're actually going to show a lot of stuff on the cable networks and on Peacock. Oh, like what? At four in the morning? Like live? Uh, the opening ceremonies, I believe, are going to be live. Yeah, but like, what time would we see them live? At seven in the morning. Okay. 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 Um, hey, Kevin, listen. The fact that we that I took the other side of that argument to a degree, I don't disagree with you in the sense that, in a perfect world, I think I would say, screw it. We'll move it to next year. But I think that's easier said than done. You see, I just don't give the IOC the benefit of the doubt you do. It's not. I, I, forget the IOC. You're, you're giving way too much credence to the to the. Well, I'm just talking from a common sense human standpoint. You know, you could you could also say, hey, we could postpone it six months. Like, let's do it in October. It will be up against the NFL, but what the hell. But I don't think it's, it's as simple to say, especially since you've canceled it once. You've moved it back a year. To just say, hey, we're going to move it now to next summer, and now we're going to come up with all the well, dates again. I, I just don't think it's quite well, as simple. Well, and, and let's also be honest. The one thing it does make it a – the IOC doesn't like going – the one theory is that the IOC doesn't want to go in the next year because they already have the Winter Olympics that they're going to have to run. Yeah, but they used to do that back in the, right. in the day. They did them but, both. But it's also on the World Cup year, and they're worried about the – the, the advertising slash travel dollars being split up because the World but Cup But they've already is, got their money. You said they already got no, their no, money. No, 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 no. They'll get their money if the... They'll get their money if... I'm saying the IOC will get their money if the Olympics are taking place this year. Okay? They're at a revenue... Um, because They don't get paid until the Olympics go off. Okay? Oh, NBC... Okay will get their money. They've already gotten all their time sold. So, okay. See, that's all the more reason for me to say to people in Japan should just say, no, we're not doing it. You want to have I'm it next year? You, that's fine. I, I, we'll give you your, we'll give you your money next year. Cause what choice would the IOC have at that point? Uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I think there's a point where maybe they would be afraid that they would totally lose the games. I don't know. I, I mean, I see, I think, the, the thing is, I think they're past the point of canceling it. 
Like, I think if this were a month ago, let's, I mean, a month, yeah, like if this were a month or six weeks ago, I think it would have been easier to do then. I think, you, you know, you just say, like in, in late May, let's say, if they said, you know, we don't think we're going to be ready to go. We just don't think, we think it's too much of a whatever. And then you, you kind of, but like I said, you, you have athletes now who are primed. They're ready to get, they've trained for this all their life. And now you're going to pull the plug on them. Like when they're getting ready to step on an airplane to get over there. I, I just think you're past the point of no return. I, I, even with the, the, the possible, um, you know, health risks. I think the way they're looking at it is, is they're going to keep those people so self-contained that it's not going to impact them or the people of Japan. And like, I, I get what you're saying about, you know, if there's less people to deal with, with the people of Japan because they're going to be dealing with the athletes. I understand all that, but I, I just, I, I don't, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I said this last year, Kevin, what if the pandemic had happened instead of early March? What if the pandemic had, had happened in early January? Would we have had a Super Bowl? Now, I guarantee you the NFL would not have wanted to cancel a Super Bowl. No. No circumstances. But they might have had to. Like, I, I don't know what the state of the country. I'm trying to remember the state of the country, like in early April, was not good. We were closed. So how the hell can you hold a Super Bowl? But you know the NFL, and I know the NFL. But... I, I know what you're saying, and you're right, but I do think there is a point where it is fair to call these organizations on the carpet for this stuff. I do, and well, I think. What do you think the NFL would have done last year if the pandemic had happened two months earlier? I don't think they would have had much of a choice but to cancel. Okay, I mean, and you may be right, and and it may have been a presidential decision. Well, uh, or it may have been a, a, a government decision that said, you know, the country's closed. You know, like when, when Trump said, hey, we're closing the country for a couple of weeks or however long we, right. we they originally said. But I'm just telling you that I can see Roger Goodell sitting in an office and saying, my God, we're, we're, we're like the, the NFC championship games this week. And, and, and we got to cancel this stuff. Like, like, are we going to hold it in June? Are we going to just... Are we going to have no champion like baseball had no champion in 94 for totally different. And they probably won't have a champion in 2022, right? Cause we're not going to, we're not going to have a baseball season. Well, we'll see. Uh, uh, but I'm just saying it's, it's, I think you reach a certain point and that I think was last year would have been different anyway, because you know, at the time we were dealing with something, we really didn't know what we were dealing with. And there was a lot of, but I still say, and, and I look, I don't like the IOC any more than you do. I don't like any of those kind of people that run any of those organizations. They're all, they're all in it. They're corrupt. They're, most of them, they're for themselves. They're all that. But I still think the Japanese government or the Japanese people or the Jap, whatever, there, there must be a way to say, well, we're not opening the stadium. You can bring, you, you know, the IOC, you can show up. We ain't opening the stadium. Yep. So you do what you want to do. We ain't letting those Americans in. We and, and, you know, you call all the countries, you call the 80 countries or however many countries are sending people, and you say, hey, we cannot do it. We're, we're, and we're looking out for your well-being and your, your citizens' well-being, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to have it next year. Or maybe, or you know what? Maybe we just don't have an Olympics. Maybe we just cancel them. 
and say, you know, we'll have another one in 2024. You know, I, there was no British Open last year. The world kept spinning. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe that's what they should have done. Maybe they should have just canceled the Olympics. I don't know. But it's there's ha- probably too much money at stake. Oh, and that's but the whole point. Did. Yeah, well, that's what makes, you know, that's what makes the world spin. Yeah. All right, Mike. Yeah, baby. All right. Our thanks to you for joining us. Glad to be back in the saddle here. We will be back next week. This has been Working the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. You had the Dom Perignon in your hand.